Hello, this is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm your host for the Self Made as a Myth Make a Difference Together show, where we are talking with successful business owners to hear the stories of the journey to building their business. And because we know that achieving success in business is not something that we can uh, do on our own, we're taking some time to recognize the folks who have helped us along the way. Today, I'm excited to have a fellow business owner from California with us. And my guest was born and raised in South Lake Tahoe, but check this out. He sucks at skiing. I don't even know how that's possible, but we're going to we're gonna give him a little rub on that in a bit here. Uh, in his downtime, he likes to play hockey and hang out with his kids and wife. Uh, he is most proud of seeing how far his company has come, and we're going to have him elaborate that on that here in a minute. It's my pleasure to welcome Justin to the show today. Hello, Justin. Oh, thanks for having me, Tim. Awesome. Well, hey, let's start with having you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit of your personal story, like where you were born and live and about your family. And uh, uh, we're also going to need to hear about the uh, not knowing how to ski very well, given <laughs> uh, given where you uh, grew up. So I mean, it's probably uh, relative, right? Like, if, <laughs> yeah, um, right. Yeah. Probably, uh, probably from folks from, you know, Florida, I'm probably a little better than them, but <laughs> not as good as I should be, I, I guess is what I, I There I, you go. All right. That makes more sense. So tell yeah, us I, did grow up, I, I did grow up in Tahoe. Um, people always laugh like, wow, people actually live there. Or, you know, may, maybe since the pandemic, more people moved up there, but it was, uh, it was, it's, it was primarily a, a tourist town, right? So the regular population was probably only 20,000 people. But then when the tourists would all come in, we'd explode to a town of 150,000 people, right? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, grew up up there and then went to uh, school in UC Santa Barbara. So I spent my undergrad time down there and then went to San Diego State for my master's degree in communications marketing. Kind of started my entrepreneurial journey right out of there. I was, um, I graduated in 2009, which if anybody else who graduated in that time really you know, <laughs> remembers, it was not the best time to be looking for a job. Yeah. So a few friends of mine had kind of been, you know, looking, uh, they, they were starting a bar. So I ended up helping, helping them get that going. So that's, that was my first foray into uh, entrepreneurialism was helping, you know, as a, just, just a friend to yeah. kick off this, this group down in San Diego. And uh, tell us about your family. Uh, so my, my wife is Bree. She's from Iowa. So I am a better skier than her. So <laughs> I got that going for me. Um, yeah. So we have two kids. Uh awesome daughters eight and four uh our eight-year-old is zoe our youngest ray is four um they are learning to skate they're learning to play a little bit of hockey they're loving it up here we're close to tahoe but we don't live there exactly now we we live in el dorado hills which is just down the hill um so getting them into skiing they're on summer break right now doing summer camp girl scouts um just great kids uh great place to raise kids too this is just such an awesome town so lucky I guess, and yeah, for sure, in that in that sense. Well, I know already because of your sense of humor that this is going to probably be a really good story. So, is there a funny story that your family likes to tell about you that you'd be willing to share with us? Yeah, I kind of shied away from that. <laughs> good, but, um, no, actually, a funny one. I, I was thinking about it this morning on you know because I knew that question was going to come up. Um, I wanted to tell a funny one about work, if that's okay, if I may get a little bit about work. Because so I was thinking about the other day, um, I use this email client called Spark. If you don't have it, go get it. It's awesome. Ukrainian developed, um, support Ukraine. Um, so they they allow you to do messaging. Let's say, for example, there's an email thread going on and we, me and you have a client and we want to kind of message back and forth. Like, oh, I think we should send them this proposal or maybe they'll like this logo. 
Well, that didn't used to be the case. And when I first started my business and what I would do is um, I would kind of have these internal threads and I, I accidentally CC'd someone. <laughs> and it was a recommendation on vendors. So I was recommending different photographers and I, you know, me and you were, you were going back and forth and I accidentally CC'd the client on a conversation that I was having internally that said, Hey, you know, here's four photographers. I love this one. If you can stand them, then you will, we'll go ahead and we're, you know, recommend them or something, something along those lines of like, don't use this one unless you're desperate. And I, what was happening was I was actually, I CC'd the client and I accidentally, I was getting their email addresses. Kind yeah, of yeah, like, right. Yeah, yeah. Like typing into the two bar. Yeah. And I got to remove it from the two bar. So yeah. that, that photographer messaged <laughs> me back and said, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know you hated me that much. So. Oh, no. <laughs> so ever since then, I've been looking for an email client that allows me to have those internal conversations <laughs> a little more carefully. That was that one was one I was felt, you know, the family stuff. Maybe I'm a little yeah I, I like that one uh we we've all been there so right uh, you're you're in good company here <laughs> wow yep yep those are not fun emails to get back when you don't yeah. get it and then you read it from the person uh, you uh, copied yeah <laughs> so right. justin tell us how did the business come about and at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business so FYC is the name of our, uh, is our company, Funk U Creative. And that's going to be an interesting, fun story to explain how we came up with <laughs> Funk U Creative. It's not as vulgar as you, as it kind of seems like it's going to be. But um, so as I told you, when I was in grad school, uh, a bunch of my friends started a cocktail lounge. We were all kind of in the restaurant industry in one way or another. And a lot of them um, had kind of broken off. They'd saved up enough money to start their own bar in San Diego. It was called El Dorado Cocktail Lounge. Total coincidence they ended up moving to El Dorado Hills. Just totally coincidence. <laughs> um, so they um, so they start this bar and they're looking for somebody to kind of help with just, I, I know I don't look it, but I was a bouncer. I, I used to lift more weights. <laughs> so I, they asked me to come in and just be to watch the door, right? Like greet guests as they came in and kind of work the door. Um, quickly, I started just loving working with them. Um, it had nothing to do with my degree. And I was just at the time, all my friends who had just come out of school were all looking for jobs. And I was just like, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to not have a job. I'm going to go do this. So I really enjoyed working with them. I started growing in there and I became the GM of the, of the bar at a certain point. Um, and what happened was I was in charge of booking all the talent, getting all the, we would throw these events and these uh, concerts. We had, it was kind of the early days of electronic music, like being popular, like the EDM dance scene. So there's a lot of, a lot of hipsters, let's just put it that way. And we'd have these cool posters and we'd have um, these acts come in. And one of the graphic designers uh, was Pablo Stanley. And he came to me about, I was about four years into working at El Dorado. And he came to me and he said, Hey, and he's just, he was unbelievable talent. He would build these posters that, People, I've never seen people steal like <laughs> concert posters before. Like, and th these DJs were unknown. There was local DJs that no one really cared about. But the artwork was so incredible on these posters that people would constantly steal them over and over again. <laughs> we have to print up new ones. Pablo comes in one day and he's like, he, he just got back from a gig in San Francisco. He was working for a, um, a meme company called Nine Gag. They're huge, right? They, they were doing some of the, the early, early memes of the internet. Right. And he comes in and goes, hey, do you have any busboy jobs? And I just looked at him like, are you kidding? You're like, <laughs> best graphic designer on the planet and you want me to hire you as a busboy? Absolutely not. What are you doing? Let's go start a business together. Um, so he and I sat there. Wow. It was about one o'clock in the morning. It was uh, it was an off night. So it wasn't like it was super busy out in the bar. So him and I just kind of sat down at, at my laptop. 
um, and just started cruising through ideas on what we would do together. And I was looking through some of his artwork and that's where there was a, he had this disco, he would, he would do these really funny illustrations. So he had this illustration of a guy in a disco suit with a big Afro. Actually, that's where this logo came from. Oh, <laughs> we're going to get to see that because it might be a green screen, but the logo behind me um, came from, was it's big Afro. He's doing a roundhouse kick and he's kicking somebody saying, funk you. Right. I'm like, that's it. That's our name. <laughs> so he and I started a, a creative agency. So that's originally what the business was. It was just, um, I was in charge of all the project management, the, you know, the sales, the business development, and he was in charge of the creative. Um, I was a programmer, but it wasn't as important. We had some websites, uh, you know, WordPress and whatnot, but it really just came from it. I think, you know, for me, it's, you don't, get that kind of talent asking you, do you want to do something together that often? It's kind of like, you know, Michael Jordan or somebody coming up and saying, Hey, do you want to start a basketball team together? You're like, I don't even play basketball. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of where the idea came from. It really wasn't like I wanted specifically to start a, a graphic yeah. design agency. It was just, I can't not work with this guy. Yeah. Awesome. And you didn't, you couldn't uh, have him be a bus boy. You had to, no. had to help him out. <laughs> I, did not, I did not hire him. <laughs> he didn't have a job. He, he probably, he's probably this <laughs> right <laughs> so tell us more about the company um uh just say the name again so everyone uh hears it what do you guys do how do you help people so funk you creative or fyc labs um so today we help people with software development mobile apps web applications and also websites and branding so websites and branding was kind of our bread and butter as i told you before from coming from when pablo and i started the company we were doing a lot of creative um, we never left that side. We never abandoned that side of the business. Coming from the bar scene, we had a, a phrase. It was called, don't turn your back on your regulars. And mm. those websites were our regulars. And they took care of us for years. Um, as I grew as an engineer and as um, you know, product development uh, became a little bit more accessible, we jumped into mobile app development, blockchain development, and full stack development. So that... As pa Pablo moved on to other projects, he ended up going off to Udemy. He was, I think, creative director there. He was at Lyft. And then he's now, he started Carbon Health. So he's done some really amazing things. Um, so I kind of inherited the rest of the business and it, it shifted away from the creative because you just, I couldn't replicate what he, he had done. So I shifted it to the side of the business that I was more comfortable with. Um, so we help people solve digital solutions, uh, you know, come up with digital solutions for their problems and for product development. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what we mostly help with. I do a lot of CTO coaching now at this point. I've, you know, um, I not only did FYC for the last 10 years, but I went out and worked on a blockchain startup. I started up a SaaS company in manufacturing space. So I gained a lot of experience. So I now have the ability to go out and coach other CTOs, be a fractional CTO for other businesses. So that's where I spend most of my time today, but our business is usually doing product development on mobile apps and web applications. Fantastic. So, hey, Justin, share a story where someone pushed you or inspired you that you could do it, even though maybe you didn't think you that you could and the impact that that person had on you. I mean, I obviously that first story, I'll probably tell a couple because I, I think it's not fair to leave out some of the people who have really pushed and kind of made things because um, I do feel pretty successful in my life. Right. Like I have I think I'm pretty lucky and to have met a lot of cool people and I want to make sure that that's that's thought about. But obviously, the first person is Pablo. Right. The, I had I he's one of those people that as long as they're on your team, you're going to win. You got a chance at winning the title. If Gretzky's, on, if Gretzky's playing center for you, you got a chance at winning the title. Um, dating myself there with a lot of the Gretzky. Like she's uh, Connor. Well, not only that, but you know, I, having been having uh, grown, born and raised in Canada. I just love the fact that uh, you're even talking about hockey. This is. <laughs> I know California, <laughs> California kid talking about hockey, right? And I got the Canada hat on even. Um, 
So yeah, I think the, you know, when you have those type of people around you, you, you just feel like we can win. I mean, you know, it's not a given, right? You know, you need to put in your work and contribute and do everything, but just having that talent around was the first, the first person who kind of made me feel like I can really do this. I can start my own business. We can make this work. Um, I'm not alone. I've got that talent with me. Mm -hmm. um, so when Pablo left and I started other uh, businesses, um, I think about a person who pushed me on the engineering perspective. I was an okay developer. I was self-taught for the most part. Um, and I was building WordPress websites and stuff. It was, it was, I was not a full engineer at the time. Um, I went and started a SaaS company with a friend of mine from my hockey team. Uh, he started a, a SaaS company called Ratio, And he, he was this a CTO, uh, CEO kind of crossover. Um, so he had a lot of that technical skill and we hired out this. Uh, so he gave me a lot of um, push in that the right direction to be an engineer. But then we hired this guy out of San Diego State and master's program who was just, again, sort of like that Pablo level talent that blew your mind. And every single day I would compete with him and just try as best I could as an engineer to keep up with him. And it just became every day we competed. It didn't matter what we were doing. <laughs> who could push more code? Who could win at ping pong? Who was better at you know, Wakanda forever? Yeah. Like everything we did, he played guitar. I play guitar. It was every single thing we did. We were just competing. But it, wasn't a, it was not in this sense of like unhealthy competition you might hear about in corporate America where it's cutthroat. Yeah. It was more like we just kept pushing each other to be better and better and better. And I attribute a lot of my ability to be a good programmer, to be thoughtful, to be a fast thinker, to solve things quickly to his name's Tong. Um, and he was just such a huge support um, to push me to believe that I could be a programmer. Right. And then finally, to close it out, like the last few years, obviously, my wife's always made me feel like I can pull off anything. She always you know, said, I remember there being this time where she's like, hey, I'm never I'll never be worried about us financially because I have you. Right. Because like, we because you can I, I know you'll always find a way. Um, cause when we went through the opening and starting the business, it was pretty tough. Right. Sure. <laughs> um, and then Graham, my business partner at FYC, he's come in and just been super supportive. He's found the right people around me, the, the networks that I never had access to kind of being just a garage startup and kind of scrappy. He yeah. kind of comes from more of the VC world and has been able to kind of connect me in. That's how actually we, and through, through a series of connections, that's how I know you. So it's been really cool to see that, hey, we're going to give you a support of the social network, not just, hey, I know you can work your butt off, but that that's not enough. So, yeah. Fantastic. So you've um, you've probably uh, learned a lot over the years. What's your biggest learning as a business owner? Um, let's think about that one. That's that's that is. Uh, how do I put this like. It, it it's actually something that came up today. We had a really interesting conversation about being careful before we hire. Mm. And we, you know, we talk about, oh, we could just hire a, a contractor or maybe an agency and we'll just, hey, if we don't, it doesn't work out, we'll let them go. That's not who we are. That's not who I hire. That's not the type of person I am that like, when you come in and work for us, we invest in you and mm. I invest personally and emotionally. I try to be very, like, I try my best to be kind of detached at that time because you have to be in certain ways. Yeah. But the reality is, is I empathize with these people coming in. They're believing in what and the vision that we're putting out there. Mm -hmm. And I have, I feel an obligation to support them and see growth in their career. So one of the things that I've learned is that you have to be really careful about the emotional tax it takes to have people to to create this group you can't you you have, can't underestimate how much it like emotional weight you take on as a as a leader at least in my with my style um so 
hiring people needs to become less of a transactional thing as more as more of a very, let's be very thoughtful about, is this the right time to make this hire? Because if it doesn't work out, how painful is it going to be to, to let them go? Or are we going to hold on to them longer because we don't want to have that pain? Are we going to find them work that we really might not have needed? So that's one thing I've learned is just been really, really thoughtful about growth and making sure you make those right hires and doing it in a way that you recognize the emotional investment and the sort of the, yeah, the full investment into an employee. Uh, it's been, it's, I mean, we're an agency, our product is our people, right? So yeah. when we we're, we can't just be like, oh, we'll just trade someone out and we are, our app still works. No, these are the people <laughs> who, are, who are, we're selling their time. So. Yeah, fair, very fair. Yeah, the, there's a, the, the phrase, the higher slow fire fast, comes to mind as you're as you were explaining that and more on the higher slow side right of take the time to make sure that they're a good cultural fit right that they're aligned to the vision and the values and the beliefs of the company because we've all had situations where we've worked with somebody who wasn't a cultural fit and that's just a, a huge pain right and then to your point if if you have that emotional connection to them even if you know they shouldn't they shouldn't st stay with the company uh, Every all of us feel bad about you know the fire fast idea. So it's much easier to take your time up front and and hire slow than than have to you know spend that emotional energy on firing the fa firing fast. And in our world, it's sometimes when you're letting somebody go, it's just the work ran dry. Mm. It's not it's not that they did anything wrong. So you have to be really thoughtful about this. We could be uprooting this person's life, yeah. moving them over for three months. The project ran dry and now we've completely kind of disrupted this person's life, right? Yeah. So for us, it has to be something where we're in the right position to make that hire. So that's why it's for us, it's especially careful to be higher slow. And I am not the best interviewer. I am not the best read of character. So again, going back to not self-made, right? I'm, it's a myth. I have the most amazing COO, Phil uh, Lorenzo. Uh, he just has such a great read on people. He's the best interviewer, especially technical interviewer I've ever met. And I I kind of have allowed myself to just trust him because I've been burned because I, I might not have that. I don't have whatever that keen sense is of sure. what's going to happen three months from now. They, they seem great. They seem awesome. And yeah. then like, <laughs> horrible. so, and then those are easy fire fast, right? If they steal from us, like sure. time theft is a big deal to me. I make sure people don't do time thefts. That's an easy fire. Right. But it's the ones that are like, oh, we just the project ran dry. I'm so yeah. sorry. You uprooted your whole life. You you quit your other job and now you no, oh, sorry. That yeah. that's stuff I just can't. That's hard to stomach. Sure. Yeah, fair enough. Uh Justin, we know that business success doesn't happen in isolation. So tell us about um one of your biggest challenges during the years and maybe a fellow business owner that came alongside you and helped you get through that. Um, yeah, so we kind of have this really cool, um, you know, outside of FYC Labs, I, I kind of neglected to talk about, you know, just to, because we're sure it'll take a while to explain all the different projects we're working on, but we created a group called the FYC Syndicate, um, and it's modeled after that restaurant group um, that I worked for with, with El Dorado being the first one. They ended up expanding out to, I think it's 15, 16 restaurants inside of their consortium mm. over the course of five, six years. <clears throat> I took that consortium concept. And I'm applying it to sort of like SaaS companies and technology companies. So um, the relevant answer to the question is that we, we've created a community of, uh, of small businesses and startups that we all support called the FYC Syndicate. Um, and when I think back about my days of running the bar, it was always the other business owners, the different restaurant owners who would work together 
they would work together with pricing. They'd go to a vendor and say, hey, our consortium will start buying from you. But actually, each individual restaurant was its own entity. And they all got to run it it their own way. It wasn't a franchise. It wasn't a hospitality group. It was a consortium of like groups that kind of came together and said, hey, let's 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 get some price breaking. Let's share ideas. Let's all use a, a unified POS so that way we could trade um waiters and bartenders from place to place so we take a same approach of having a system by which like we have this syndicate but we all kind of leverage the same project management tools or we all kind of have the same um project engineering uh project engineering uh philosophy so that whole community gets together and supports each other and that's one of the biggest um like you know i think the question was around challenges is right it was a biggest challenge your biggest challenge yeah so our biggest challenge was how do we scale out of just being a small agency? It was to create this group of people of just advisors and um, fellow business owners all aligned on on values and goals. They didn't all have to work for each other. The best people want to work for themselves, right? Like they they have the most um, the, the most ambitious people. So you but you they still want to collaborate, and that's what's been really cool is to see this whole syndicate of businesses and friends that get together all the time. Like I just had beers last night with with one of the guys and we sat and talked about what is it going to take to get out of our business at some point? And what does it take to get to the next level? Who do you, who, how do you determine whether or not you trust somebody? Like, and these are just things we're always supporting each other with. Oh, that's fantastic. So um, just for every, for the audience's sake, just explain a little bit more about that, that your syndicate model and how, how that works and how people can maybe learn more about it if they want to get involved with you. Yeah. So again, kind of comes back to like, imagine a restaurant group or a group of businesses all kind of with similar um, ownership, not all the same, right? So every single entity within our syndicate has an, its own LLC or S corp or C corp, depending on the appropriate structure for the business. But the rule is that at least one kind of ownership level degree is connected, right? So um, myself and Graham are lucky enough to uh, um, be able to be some angel, angel investors. So the companies we've angel invested in together, well, they become brought into our syndicate and we provide syndicate support for them. So we do promotion through a little bit of LinkedIn and Twitter. So we kind of make sure to include them. We provide discounted rates for people, for businesses that are inside of our syndicate. We do sometimes trade of sweat equity for work when kind of, hey, the fundraising environment is not all that great, but we still need to get this product across the finish line. (laughs) Look, you you got six more sprints to go. Trade us some equity. We'll send some engineers over here to get you across the finish line. Um, so that's one way that we're connected. The other one is that literally we they're in-house start started new companies. So we'll we'll start new businesses and we'll like hire and, and we'll give equity to some founding members. And so that'll enter its way into the syndicate. So what's cool is again, kind of going back to the the employee model of if something dries up on the agency side. Cool. Go to one of our syndicate partners, help that project out, be a developer there. And it goes back to that model again, back with a restaurant of, hey, I can change out. Maybe I'm not getting enough shifts at you know this restaurant, right. but I can pick up a couple more shifts and I'm still in the family, right? I'm still within the, the group and I don't have to learn new systems. And I'm still that then maybe when the projects pick back up, oh, come back over to FYC. We got a big project yeah. and we don't we can pull off the bench versus having to do that hire and fire situation. So it's been a pretty magical experience to be honest. And then it like decentralizing it at first, it was sort of like a spoke and wheel situation where everything kind of centralized on myself or my business partner, Graham. Now I'm watching them collaborate together. And that's been so freaking cool. Like just seeing them call one another, get on calls, seeing them promote each other's businesses. has just been like the coolest thing I've ever. Fantastic. And I love the, the, the brainchild of this was the, uh, 
you uh, working as a bouncer. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, that's, that's the cool part. Like back to that self-made thing. It's like you, you just absorb from all these different people, all these different walks of life. And, yeah. you know, like a lot of people say, oh, you have to go work at Google to learn these things. No, man, like you, you can learn so much from small other small business owners everywhere you go, whether it's, you know, a, a pet grooming place and learning what they did and just picking up all these little pieces along the way, make you such a more well-rounded entrepreneur and make you more uh, um, like, how do I put it? Like survivable, like you can survive more. Um, Ah, I can't do the right word, but like, it's just, it just makes you more durable as a, an entrepreneur. Yeah. I, I, I like the survive word too, because, Hey, we all know that the, the business owner journey isn't all just up, right? It's a little bit of a roller coaster ride and <laughs> it can be very lonely at the top. So having those other business owners to be able to talk to, it's, it's uh, it, it helps a ton. Yeah. Things like this too. It's, it's like, it's, it's cathartic, right? So, Justin, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Uh, if I was to ask you to pick three people in your business uh, journey that you're most grateful for them being there to help with the the business's growth, who are those three people and how they help you? That's super unfair. There's so many, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> I mean, I feel obligated, obviously, with my wife. My wife is uh, our head of design as well. So, so we actually work in the business together. So the way that she supports, I mean, she kind of ran the business while I went out and started my SaaS companies alongside of a, another uh, co-founder. Um, she, yeah, she's just been super supportive of me, has put up with when we were eating top ramen and, and cheap pizza <laughs> for a couple of years, right? So number one, I got, I got to be like, that's that's the one person who's been like the biggest support. Um, the next is like a whole group of what I'm going to call like my hockey buddies, right? It just happened to be, and I, I know that's cheating, but <laughs> it kind of can all fit in one uh, persona of just... A group of guys that I played hockey with, I was a bit younger. I'm I'm the youngest of uh, my brother and sister, 10, 12 years older than me. So I'm used to being the young guy uh, with <laughs> the older siblings. And they're all maybe five to 10 years older than me. And I I think they only let me play hockey with them. Like, I, like the only reason they took me in was because I was good at hockey, right? They would have never, <laughs> and I would have been kicked out. But I was good at hockey and they kind of took me under their wing. And, and each of them actually were business owners. Almost every single one of them had started their own business. It was just a coincidence. We all oh, happened wow. to live on the same team. Yeah. The the overall coaching from that and just everything I got uh, after, you know, drinks after the after the game. Sure, you know, doing, so that whole group of friends has was just such a cool group of mentors for me um in every way of like being that big brother when I left you know my my brother's always been a, a, a mentor of mine I've always you know looked up to him how so, many people were in that are approximately were in that group in your hockey about, group? about 10 uh, had 10 consistent guys who just really had that had my back and every time there was some new thing that came up it'd be oh yeah I went through that I remember when I was starting yeah. my we yeah. beg people on the street to come <laughs> to come to our thing. You know, so. so only only the agency guy would take ten people and put it into <laughs> one persona and, and and think that that was okay. All right, who who's number three? Or I think it's more of the hockey guy, right? Like, yeah, they're all, all hockey players are the same, huh? So um, yeah, so I guess that one, and then um, my 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 current business partner right now, Graham. Um, He's, he changed the game when he came on board. He actually bought out some of my previous partners and he just completely changed the game right now. That's like one of the most influential people in, in our in our business and kind of where we're headed. And his support's been really great. He's um, he's just been, yeah, he, he's been really like 
trusting in my vision for where the where the company and where the syndicate's going. He had a very similar idea with the syndicate early on when he was kind of coming in. So it aligned nicely and just how much he's just believed in me and then said, hey, if there's support needed, whatever it is, we got you. Like, and that's that as a CEO, you need that support. And I know that that's like what I give to my other my co-founders, my other businesses is you're the CEO. What do you need? You need do you need to move the office closer to your house so your commute shorter? Let's do it. Like you are the you're the one, and I know it's not, you know, back kind of antithetical to the self-made thing, but that person is the core. Yes. And if that person's struggling, the entire business is going to start to fall apart. That person has to be confident, strong, um, like catered to without, you know, making it, you know, don't, don't spoil them. Yeah. <laughs> but you need to make sure that, that person is because they're going to carry a lot of weight. So support your CEOs. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and and I know um, you and I had talked offline a couple of weeks back is the other thing about the you know CEO versus the rest of the leadership team is, you know, the CEO, generally speaking, is more the visionary, right? The strategic thinker and 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 comes up with those ideas that are kind of further forward that others can't really wrap their head around. But then they need somebody to be able to land the plane, right? And execute those ideas and, and connect all the dots and make it happen. So, you know, the, the the support comes in both ways, right? Allowing you to be more of that visionary and dreamer, but also to be able to take those ideas and, and actually turn them into something. Yeah. And I would say that's, if I want to throw one more person on this, Phil, um, who I talked about, our COO is just, I can just trust that something wild comes through and he's just going to figure out who the right people are and, and make it happen. Fantastic. But it's not fair. Three is not fair. It's, it's... <laughs> I know. That's why I said I was going to put you on the spot. <laughs> now, I, I do like how you, you know, you you change the rules back and uh, still, you know, still got to be able to say everyone you wanted to. So nice job. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, as you think about the next three to five years, what are the biggest challenges that you see that you're going to face in in reaching your goals? And who are the types of people you're going to need to overcome those? I mean, the, the popular answer right now is AI, especially in our world. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing and a curse for AI right now. It's, it's been really helpful for us as engineers, but you, you know that it will start to eat away at um, some of our, our you, you know, there, you may need fewer engineers now. So sure. that's one of our, in our, our product being engineering and designers, sure. it's definitely a threat. So, um, but at the same time, it's making us more effective and we're doing cooler things. So maybe the world just moves faster. I don't know. So that uncertainty around AI is one thing I, I'm, I'm, we're fully embracing it. I, I love it. I love everything that ChatGPT is doing for the, the engineering teams and, and for our clients, just creating better user experiences on their products and, doing a lot of cool stuff around SEO and um, chatbots supporting customers. Yeah, it's just cool. So we're embracing it as much as we can, but I do, I'm, I'd be naive to say that there isn't some sort of threat looming out there for almost every position, right? I could be talking to AI Tim next year. <laughs> what, what do we need podcasts? <laughs> right? yeah, I, was, I was actually at an event last night and the, and it was about AI. So the host was actually a, 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 a TV screen with the, you know, with the person who, really was the host right kind of standing off to the wow. side and the television was the one talking to us that's the exponential growth of this stuff it's <laughs> be very interesting and it's it's it has so many pros and cons just like every other piece of technology that's ever come out right so but it is it's going to be it's going to be pretty crazy so that's the number one challenge i think that's like forefront of my mind it's what most of my conversations have been about like you said you know you're at a conference and that's what what's everybody's talking about so um, the other thing is just the, the typical stuff, right? Is maintaining that energy 
Um, you, you get talk to different entrepreneurs all the time and they go through this kind of, let me use the word bipolar just because it's <laughs> like <laughs> you go through these depressions where you just don't have the energy to push your business forward. And it's because you need to rebuild that energy. It's not always time off. That doesn't always solve the problem. It's just sort of accepting that you're going to have periods in your business where you don't have the energy to push it forward the way that you did before. Yep. And then knowing all of a sudden you'll get some fire lit under your butt and you're going to go manic, right? You're going to go crazy. Yeah. And you're probably going to overdo it. And you're going <laughs> to drive your staff crazy and you're going to come back down to earth. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do kind of feel like the life of a CEO, either you are bipolar and you go into it or it makes you bipolar just because of ups and downs. Um, yes, that roller coaster ride is is quite fun. The other way I like to describe it to be less, you know, less uh, bipolar language is you know, you, you, you push the company and it, and it, it grows, but then it needs to level out a little bit for the owner to catch up to that growth, right? There needs to be a process of us, you know, growing and evolving into that next level so that we're then prepared to, to push it again. And your energy levels as the leader of the company will, will kind of wane and wax with that same, same up and down as the business momentum and needs to chill out. So you'll hit that point where you're just like, uh, it's just, not that interesting as it was a couple of years ago. <laughs> Something will happen and you'll be like super into it again. So, um, and that's just totally natural. I mean, I think if, if you just look at the, the chemical composition, like you, there's no way you can maintain those endorphins yeah. that long and need yeah. to replenish. So, um, I, or adrenaline as well in, in some ways. So I think that that's a totally natural cycle. And I think maintaining that as a challenge is always is something that I think every entrepreneur and leaders should recognize and make sure that they're acknowledging that they're going through one or the other. If they they're if they're so naive to think that they're always flatlined, then they're probably not the best leader. So if you can be honest with yourself and going through it, I've been learning to be more honest with my team and saying, "Hey, I'm going through this." And our team, has a, I'm super impressed about the uh, mental health conversations that our team has and how open we are and how supportive we are with one another as they go through it. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, and it's not in a kind of kumbaya way. It's in a, all right, guys, something's happening over here. Let's make sure we accommodate for that solution because we know that that's actually bad for business. If that person tends to be in this position right now, let's cover, cover their back. Okay, get them back. It's almost like a like, oh, a, yeah. like a sports team kind of having each other's back. And sure. it's, I think it's the really cool way to, to manage it. We don't, we don't play therapist to one another. We just acknowledge it, accept it, and sort of, okay, then you're going to move into this role during that time. Okay, you're better. You're good. So um, well, I we, love the way we use the hockey analogy, right? You can only sprint back and forth on the ice for a, a couple minutes at most, and you got to get off and and, and right. recharge, right? Your shifts, right? So you got to, it's, it's shift management. So you got to make sure you have enough ice time on there. You're not over pushing, you're not pushing your players too hard and give them that little break. And, but recognizing, hey, they've been out there too long, move them to defense, yep. right? So it's that same type of a mentality. And it really just comes down to having aligned goals and aligned values of, hey, we, we need to make sure our clients are happy and that we're executing this as efficiently as possible. If that if your mental health is in there, it's the it's no different than your monitor breaking or, mm. or you know, you, oh, yeah, you, great. you have a cold. It, these are just things that happen. And it's there's a lot of very big lack of judgment and a space given. I'm just super proud of our team. Like it's, it's so cool to see 
I wish our clients could see a little bit better, but, <laughs> but that's not their problem, right? That's, exactly. Yes. That's not, they're not paying for uh, to be empathetic, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We need, we need code push. So yeah. Last question here. Um, Jim Rohn, awesome business guru says that we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So as you think about that, what advice would you have for business owners who are trying to do it on their own and, and think that they, you know, they don't need to ask for help or won't benefit from others' input. Well, I mean, the obvious there is if you're on the average of five people, make sure the five people are great people. Um, so make sure you're surrounding yourself with good people. Not all, all of us have the option to always be able to do that, right? You might be stuck in situations where you're dealing with um, some toxic environments. And this may be going back to just people who are in different businesses and just sort of general career advice. Um, so it's finding those other people um, who who you are that needs to be authentic too. Like just because you happen to have, you know, an awesome, like I, I'm not the best fit for everybody. I'm not the best person to be around certain people. I'm, I, I have my own style and it might not be the right fit. So be authentic with that. And the idea of doing it on your own. And I, I see a lot of people do this. They'll, they'll sort of, they, they're not alone. Like they're not, they're not necessarily saying, Oh, I'll build this whole company on my own, but they're, they're thinking of it as theirs and their baby. They're not sharing the the business or sharing the problem that they're trying to solve they know it's theirs and you're just a you're just a tool you're a means to an end for them and i think that's more of what like that self-made person thinks they're doing is they're just using you as a means because they're the ones who are making it and they're just yes. the pe people around them as a almost as a tool it's a very it's a it's a two-way relationship it's symbiotic with the business owners i work with i give a little i take a little we all give a little and take a little so sure. That's that. That's the antithesis of that self-made is that we are all supporting each other and that I'm not just taking in order to make myself better. I'm actually giving and creating a community. Mm. So the advice back is if you if you can do that, you're going to gain more than five. You're going to have 50, 60, 100 people around you that are supporting you um, and that you're always going to be the best of yourself because of that. Amen to that. Justin, it sounds like you've been blessed with some incredible people. Um, uh, we heard a lot of people that uh, have influenced your life. If they were all here on the show today, what would you want to say to them? Of course. Thank you, man. That's, there's no, there's no other word for that. Right. <laughs> awesome. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, it's fun being here. Thanks. To everyone who tuned in, thanks for listening to the Self-Made as a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Camso. Be sure to help spread this movement by liking the show, posting about it on your social media, and to join our movement, go to bemadtogether.com. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Make sure to pay it forward, and I'll see you all next time. Take care.